Hi guys, it's Layla Cheek, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Ample Cuff, our justification. And this is my Hamlet Island uh, memoir series that kind of is uh, my documentary, my journal, um, off of the events that are happening in my life, my autobiography, if you will. And um, I vowed to tell nothing but the truth in this uh, journal so I can just accurately uh, document um, the events. And uh, I was just so blessed to see uh, my wrapped, <laughs> as many of my Bible studies in my um, journals are sealed <laughs> from most people have seen them. So I was very uh, grateful for Spotify and um, the year they've given me and just for seeing some, some of the results that did make it through the cracks and um, just some of the encouragement of um, the word getting out and um, just the hunger for people to want to hear and to want to know and just the hunger for truth and the hunger for absolute truth at the same time so uh thank you all for listening and for your support and your encouragement and uh to continue um today i just want to um talk about some of the uh, verses god's given me and we'll start with second timothy uh do your best to come to me quickly for demas because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Christians has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in ministry. Well, it seems like Tychicus um, is always uh, deserting uh, the zeal for God's word and the hunger for um, any, you know, biblical content and respect for the bible and deserts it so quickly and is in love with the present world once again and deserts it so i sent tychicus to ephesus and when you come bring the cloak the robe that i left with carpus at troas and my scrolls especially the parchments alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. Well, we all know uh, number two is quite the metal worker and he has done me a great deal of harm. Uh, Strongly uh, opposed the message and did not want uh, me being a Christian or part of the church or anything of it and tried his best to make sure that would not happen. At my first defense, no one came to support me. Everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, now Jehoshaphat built a fleet of trading ships to go to Ophir for gold. But they never set sail. They were wrecked at Ezion-Giver. At that time, Ahaziah son of Ahab said to Jehoshaphat, Let my men sail with yours. But Jehoshaphat refused. Then Jehoshaphat rested with his ancestors and was buried with them in the city of David, his father. And Jehoram, his son, succeeded him as king. Um, And just before that, if we back up to the passage uh, where it talks about Jehoshaphat of uh, king of Judah, 
Yotelah said, Jehoshaphat, son of Asa, became king of Judah in the fourth year of Ahab, king of Israel. Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 25 years. His mother's name was Azubah, daughter of Shilhi. Everything In everything, he followed the ways of his father Asa and did not stray from them. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. The high places, however, were not removed, and the people continued to offer sacrifices and burnt incense there. Jehoshaphat was also at peace with the king of Israel. As for the other events of Jehoshaphat's reign and the things that he achieved and his military exploits, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Judah? He rid the land of the rest of the male shrine prostitutes who remained there even after the reign of his father Asa. There was then no king in Edom. A provincial governor ruled. Well, you of this generation, consider the word of the Lord. Have I been a desert to Israel, our land of great darkness? Why do my people say, we are free to roam? We'll come to you no more. Do the young woman forget her jewelry and bride her wedding ornaments? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. How skilled you are at pursuing love. Even the worst of women can learn from your ways. On your clothes is found the lifeblood of the innocent poor. Though you did not catch them breaking in, yet in spite of all this, you say I'm innocent. He's not angry with me, but I will pass judgment on you because you say I have not sinned. Why do you go about why do you go about so much changing your ways? You will be disappointed by Egypt as you were by Assyria. You also will leave this place with your hands on your head. The Lord has rejected those you trust. You will not be helped by them. I think that goes for um, Eastview and Mike Baker there. They went to Egypt trying to trust Egypt, and they were disappointed, and then they tried to trust the king of Assyria. They're disappointed, and God promises, hey, you too will leave this place with your hands on your head. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. If I want to give to the one who was hired last the same as I give to you, don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. And so we know that parable is about these hired uh, workers and some came at the beginning hour of of the morning and some midday and some at the very end and they all agreed for their set pay. And when they got paid by the, by the owner, what happened? The ones that uh, bore the burden of the day in the heat and um, worked uh, like eight hours, nine hours, ten hours, were grumbling because they got the same pay as the guy that came at like 5 p.m. and worked an hour. And the owner of the business says, I didn't do you any wrong. You agreed to work for that pay. And I have a right to do with my money what I want to, don't I? He was like, don't be envious because I'm generous. So the last will be first, and the first will be last. And that really is talking about the Jews and the Gentiles, right? The Jews uh, may have had this longer 
um, burden of the law and this longer uh, history and whatnot. But then the day, um, you know, God is able to do what he wants with, um, with who he calls. So now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem and on the way he took the 12 aside and said to them, we are going up to Jerusalem and the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And on the third, third day, he will be raised to life. Which is absolutely um, absurd if you know the length of this church and their abuse. It would be insane to know the truth because uh, this man obviously hacked my Wi-Fi and broke into my property. My trespass, my property has been living with me for eight years, just watching me on cameras on my phone and cameras on my computers. And then had gone to uh, Donald Trump later to get uh, more uh, cameras and drones and all kinds of things to um, high pressure me from ratting him out and high pressure me from um, exposing his sin because he was getting uh, very perverted and he had seen my nakedness and started harassing my breast size and and my breast and so uh, he thought by high pressuring me um, would be a way to keep me silent and nonetheless uh, this man brings these uh christian chambers i guess we don't even have chambers this is an evangelical church and um you know a christian church non-denominational so all we have is the board of elders i'm not sure uh this man from georgia who was watching me on the church cameras in illinois um got caught with immorality because he was watching me on the church cameras in the church uh in illinois he's from georgia and so he started acting like he's over this or he's over me i'm like i don't know this man from anywhere I never met this man. He has nothing to do with this church in Illinois. I'm not sure why he thinks he's over it. But he just started creeping on me on, on the church cameras. Uh, and now he thinks that he, and he's the one that went to Trump because he, he has a standing in the church. And he thinks that he uh, can boss me around my home. And he bosses this church around. And he, you know, um, is, is, is like, you know, self-proclaimed high priest or something. And we're like, we don't even have high priests. We don't even know who you are. We have nothing to do with your church. We're not sure why you are bossing me around. And on top of that, he tells these judges wherever he gets them from, brings them to my house to look at me in my window uh, with the cameras he put in and to hear me with the microphones he put in, right? Because government can't come in your house and put microphones. Uh, that the only way the government can hear you is if they wiretap your phone through the phone company and they can hear your phone calls. And they need a very, very high probable cause to do that, right? A high probable cause of a crime to be committed. We have uh, privacy rights here in America. And so this man actually has like microphones in my house because the, the preacher put him in here. He's local and he just broke in and put microphones because he was very perverted. And it first started out, uh, he had jailbroke my phone and turned on the microphones like on my phone and started listening to me from that. And so um, now this preacher brings these uh, judges or some, some chamber from these churches in here to uh, watch me and hear me on his own crime, his own criminal activity. And then these guys uh, are given an earful of uh, quote unquote stuff uh, Andy Stanley thinks I've done in my youth uh, when I was in college. Like when I was like 20 or in college or whatnot. And I, I'm 39. Um, you know, I'm sure we all have, you know, regrets from, from when we're in college or whatnot. Or we, you know, grow from experiences of um, our childhood. But it's like, 
this man has told this man all kinds of stuff behind my back. Uh, and he uh, very confidently uh, explains to this man uh, that he knows me and knows what I did in college. And I'm like, how do you know me? And how do you know what I did in college? Now, I never met my local preacher, Mike Baker. I've never had a conversation with him. Never even met him. Never talked to him. Never uh, told him anything about me. I told one friend that I had a play date with, my, my heritage, my race, my nationality. And she asked me where I was from. I was like, well, my dad's Iranian. My mom's American. And she went back and told the staff and the whole place blew up. But other than that, I never, uh, you know, had a conversation with any of these preachers whatsoever about anything. And this preacher is such a stalker, such a perverted creep. He knows what you did in your college, in your high school, in your middle school, in your elementary school. He knows what you did every day of your life because somehow he, uh, he needs to know. And this Christian chamber doesn't have enough sense to ask this man, why do you know this? How do you know this? Why is it your business to know this? And, and how did you find out all this information? And he brings them here day after day, day after day, and sits there and gives them an earful of how much he knows about you. And a lot of it is very, you know, perverted and very sexual. And you're like, why does this preacher know uh, about this girl? I'm worried about her. And I'll tell you, this man sat here and cold called everyone i've ever known he went to a sixth grade class i had in wisconsin this is after uh donald trump uh illegally stalked uh you know all these things through a lawyer that he shouldn't have went to because he didn't tell his lawyer he was harboring a fugitive and he wanted this information to stalk and harass one but he literally uh got uh like information of your sixth grade class in wisconsin and this perverted preacher cold calls every single person in your sixth grade class and binds them under oath to witness tamper because he's he's a fugitive and makes them swear an oath so they wouldn't testify in court and then um has them uh either bribed off to smear uh you know preferred things about you or you know ask them to tell them and any dirt they might have on you any perverted things they might have anything he can because he's a hard up scoundrel just a, a, a wicked, dirty preacher that is so perverted and so bent on persecuting me because of my race and being a half Iranian and a Christian that he it has gone to lengths we have never seen in the history of the church to uh, harass and stalk and abuse someone. It's absurd. So, like I said, he's done this all behind my back. And he ran and raves that he knows stuff that I've done in college. I'm like, how do you know anything I've done, buddy? How do you know me? He's talking cream. Like, I need a restraining order. I'm like, why would you even think that would be okay? And his church backs him up on it. They are um, supportive of him. They're, they're giddy and think he, he scored big time over here with his uh, pervertedness. It's just a, a horrible uh, rand uh, place. And I'm, I'm not sure how, you know, Jesus didn't remove the lampstand of that place yet. So, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected 
to the frustration, to frustration, to decay, right? But not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into freedom and glory of the children of God. So subjected to this, not not willingly, not by my choice, because of the one who subjected me into this. It won't get, get out. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. The same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. It searches our hearts, and he knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So when the field commander heard that the king of Assyria had left Lachish, he withdrew and found the king fighting against Libna. Now Sennacherib uh, received a report from Tirhaka, the king of Cush. He was marching out to fight against him. When he heard it, he sent messengers to Hezekiah with this word. Say to Hezekiah, King of Judah, do not let the God you depend on deceive you when he says Jerusalem will not be given to the hands of the king of Assyria. Surely you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the countries, destroying them completely. And will you be delivered? Did the gods of the nations that were destroyed by my predecessors deliver them? The gods of Gothen, Haran, Rizpah, and the people of Eden, who were in Tel Aser? Where is the king of Hamath, or the king of Arpad? Where are the kings of Lair, Sephavim, Hina, and Eva? So, Hezekiah received a letter from the messengers and read it, and they went to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made the heaven and the earth. Give ear, Lord. Hear, open your eyes, Lord, and see, listen to all the words the Cherub has sent to ridicule the living God. It is true, Lord, the Assyrian kings have laid waste all these peoples and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire, destroyed them. They are not gods, but only wood and stone, fashioned by human hands. Now, Lord God, deliver us from, this, from his hands so that the kingdoms of earth may know that you, Lord, are the only God. So, um, we know how uh, violent um, King of Assyria can be. And uh, it's true. Uh, he will not um, let Jerusalem go until he destroys it completely. And so, um, this man is evidently bent on uh, destruction and violence. And don't think uh, y'all will be delivered from that, right? So when the Ammonites realized that they had become obnoxious to David, Hanan and the Ammonites sent a thousand talents of silver to hire chariots and charioteers from Aram, Naharim, Aram, Mekah, and Zobah. They hired 32,000 chariots and charioteers, as well as the king of Mekah with his troops, 
who came and camped near Mediba. And while the Ammonites were mustered from their towns and moved out for battle, on hearing this, David sent to Joab out with the entire army of fighting men. The Ammonites came out to draw up in battle formation at the entrance of the city, and while the kings who had come were by themselves in the open country, Joab saw that there was battle lines in front of him and behind him. So he selected some of the best troops in Israel and deployed them against the Aramans. He put the rest of the men under the command of Abishai, his brother, and they were deployed against the Ammonites. Joab said, If the Arameans are too strong for me, then you are to rescue me. But if the Arameans are too strong for you, then I'll rescue you. Be strong. Let us fight bravely for our people and for the cities of our God. The Lord will do what is good in his sight. Then Joab and the troops with him advanced to fight the Arameans. They fled before him. When the Arameans realized that the or that when the Ammonites realized that the Arameans were fleeing, they too fled before his brother Abishai and went inside the city. So Joab went back to Jerusalem. So if the Egyptian people do not go up and take part, they will have no rain. The Lord will bring on them the plague he inflicts on the nations that do not go up and celebrate the festival of tabernacles. This will be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all the nations that do not go up and celebrate the festival of tabernacles. On that day, holy to the Lord will be inscribed on the bells of the horses. The cooking pots in the Lord's house will be like the sacred bowls in front of the altar. Every pot in Jerusalem and Judah will be holy to the Lord Almighty. And all who come to sacrifice will take some of the pots and cook in them. And on that day, there will no longer be a Canaanite in the house of the Lord Almighty. A traitor somewhere under that. So the soldiers, carrying out their orders, took Paul with them during the night and brought him as far as Antipetrus. The next day, they led the cavalry going on with him while they were returning to the barracks. When the cavalry arrived in Caesarea, they delivered the letter to the governor and handed Paul over to him. The governor read the letter and asked what province he was from. Learning that he was from Cilicia, he said, I'll hear your case when your accusers get here. Then he ordered that Paul be kept under guard in Herod's palace. Knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there, by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful schemings. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who was the head uh, who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined, held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So I tell you, and insist on this, insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. 
That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin and do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. He wraps up the water in the clouds, yet the clouds do not burst under their weight. He covers the face of the full moon, spreading his clouds over it. He marks out the horizon of the face of the waters for a boundary between light and darkness. The pillars of the heavens quake aghast at his rebuke. By his power he churned up the sea. By his wisdom he cut Rahab to pieces. By his breath the skies became fair. His hands pierced the gliding serpent. And these are but the outer fringe of his works. How faint the whisper we hear of him. Who then can understand the thunder of his power? As surely as God lives, who has denied me justice, the Almighty, who has made my life bitter, as long as I have life within me and the breath of God in my nostrils, my lips will not say anything wicked, and my tongue will not utter lies. I'll never admit that you are right. Until I die, I will not deny my integrity, and I will maintain my innocence and never let go of it. My conscience will not reproach me as long as I live. May my enemy be like the wicked and my adversary like the unjust. For what hope have the godless when they are cut off, when God takes away their life? Does God listen to their cry when distress comes upon them? Will he delight, find delight? Will they find delight in the Almighty? Will they call on God at all times? You will know what it is what it was the Lord when he gives but you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And while Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked towards the desert and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. And um, then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes of frost on the ground appeared and on the desert floor. And when the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread of the Lord he has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you will have in your tent. 
Then the Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some gathered little, little. And when they measured it by the Omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Better is one day in your course than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does God withhold. Does He withhold from those whose walk is blameless? Man, this guy must have really smeared some lies. Um, I will no longer show love to Israel, that I should at all forgive them. Yet I'll show love to Judah, and I'll save them, not by bow, or sword, or battle, or by horse, or by horsemen, but I, the Lord their God, will save them. After she had weaned Lo Ruhamah, Gomer had another son. Then the Lord said, Call him Lo Ami, which means not my people, for you are not my people, and I am not your God. Yet the Israelites will be like the sand of the seashore, which cannot be measured or counted. In that place where it was said, You are not by people, they will be called children of the living God. Mill point one liter over them. So, since then you have been uh, raised with Christ, set your hearts on these things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, your Savior, appears, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Stanley, this would be for you. This man is bent on uh, putting me to death and executing me for the crimes he's done, and he wants to try and scheme and rig up something with the state of Illinois and the state of Illinois governor and officials by having me executed in Illinois falsely because of his sexual immorality and his sins. And God keeps telling him, put to death what belongs to you, your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which the idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. And you have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised. Barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as a member of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. 
Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and Father through Him. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error error of the lawless and fall from your secure position, but grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Well, guys, I think that's a great place to um, stop, and I think um, it kind of brings light a little bit of um, what has been going on here and some of the battles that were uh, waged and some of the lies that were told. And it seems like, you know, there's just this great setup and this great um, uh, framing <laughs> that they keep trying to do of me and that they keep trying to get this Il- the state of Illinois to execute me. And it's like, you can't just make a false uh, uh, evidence on, on people, false statements on people, and kill them because you're a fugitive. It's like, how long should I sit here and bear with you? You should be um, going to, uh, on trial, you should be prosecuted. And it's like, you know, um, that's what happens when you keep forgiving and keep forgiving people. And, you know, sometimes God says, turn the other cheek, turn the other cheek. But that was for frivolous, minor things. You know, he says, authority doesn't bear the sword in vain. It's like, you know, I should have probably... Uh, taking them to court a long, long time ago, so then get so far and flip the narrative on me and make me out to the bad guy and literally rob me of, of everything and leave me for dead. So, um, um, one more thing here, you know, Tobiah uh, replies, and replies from Tobiah kept coming to them, for many in Judah were under oath to him. Since he was a son-in-law to Shechaniah, son of Era, and his son Jehonan had married the daughter of Meshulam, son of Erechiah, moreover they kept reporting to me his good deeds and then telling him what I said. And Tobiah sent letters to intimidate me. And after the wall had been rebuilt, I had set the doors in place. The gatekeepers and the musicians and Levites were appointed. I put in charge Jerusalem, uh, of Jerusalem my brother Hanani, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. And I said to them, The gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot. And while the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut the doors, bar them, also appoint residents of Jerusalem on guards, some at their posts and some near their own houses. So uh, we know that this church was shut down by the governor and uh, because uh, the sun, sunshine, was hot. And so um, they had guards posted there and uh, because of these events and um, even by, by their own houses because we know um, there was some solicitation going on at that church and it was actually shut down for two weeks by, by the state of Illinois and that's documented and that's something that they can't uh, cover up and that's something that they can't uh, deny and hide so um, and it seems like they kept reporting to them all the good things I've done and how you know I forgave my baker and I you know um, 
you know, made, made peace over these things, but they were bound on oath to, um, many of, in Judah were under oath to Tobiah, uh, because he was a son-in-law to Shechaniah, and uh, he married the daughter of Meshulam. And so they had to, uh, I guess, uh, keep uh, keep allegiance to him because of his uh, affairs and um, his uh, name and oath he took there. But they kept reporting on all the good things I had done, which I'm grateful for that because I wasn't sure where they were standing after all that, you know. So uh, it was just a, a mess of uh, alliances, a mess of, you know, um, sin, a mess of all kinds of stuff. So, um, what we do know is that this church was shut down, though, because of this, and that's fact, uh, by the governor. And we do know because the sun was hot, the doors were, the gatekeepers were still on duty, and they shut the doors, barred them, and uh, also appointed residents of Jerusalem on guards, some at their posts, and some near their own houses. For the wise, like the fool, will not long be remembered. The days have already come when both have been forgotten. Like the fool, the wise too must die. So I hated life because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. All of it was meaningless, the chasing after the wind. I hated all the things I had toiled for under the sun because I must leave them to one who comes after me. And who knows whether that person will be wise or foolish. Yet they will have control over all the fruit of my toil for which I poured my effort and skill under the sun. This too is meaningless. So my heart began to despair over my toilsome labor under the sun. For a person may labor with wisdom and knowledge and skill and then must leave it all they own to another who has not toiled for it. This too is meaningless and a great misfortune. What do people get for all the toil and anxious striving with which they labor under the sun? All their days, their work is grief and pain. Even at night, their minds do not rest. This too is meaningless. A person could do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to one who pleases God. This, too, is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Well, that's kind of sad. For three sins of Ammon, even four, I will not relent, because he ripped open the pregnant women of Gilead in order to extend his borders. I will set fire to the walls of Reba that will consume her fortresses amid war cries on a day of battle, amid violent winds on a stormy day. Her king will go into exile, he and his officials together, says the Lord. So when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He 
I said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. She said, take care of my sheep. Third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because she just kept asking him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, do you know all things? Do you know that I love you? She said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. So essentially, Andy thinks that I should die for him. And uh, I should uh, prove my devotion to 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 him uh, by by being murdered for him. I'm like, no, sorry, I love my kids more, buddy. Uh, not happening. My kids come first. My husband comes first. I'm not gonna be murdered for you. You have no consequence. You're delusional. What consequence do you have? Your church isn't punishing you. Uh, government isn't punishing you. What is your anxiety over? And this guy is just like a, a fretful, anxious man uh, over his own fugitive sins. But it's like, no one's holding this guy accountable. He gets pardoned at every corner, and his own church is giddy over his work. I'm like, what is this man anxious for? So, tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman, another by the free one. His son by the, the slave woman was born according to the flesh. But his son by the free woman was born as a result of divine promise. These things are being taken figuratively. The women represent the two covenants. One covenant is Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. That's Hagar. Now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and it corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she's enslaved with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free and she is our mother. For it is written, Be glad, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Shout for joy and cry aloud, you who are never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than she who, than her who has a husband. So, essentially saying that uh, Jerusalem is enslaved because they're still under the law, right? Now, you brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of the promise. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born according to the power of the spirit and it is the same now so just like your sister who is of the flesh she is persecuting me because i'm of the spirit and that's what's happening now it's always just like uh isaac and uh, uh ishmael the flesh persecuted the one according to the spirit according to the promise and that's still how it is today one born according to the works in the flesh is still persecuting the one by the promise so, <clears throat> it is the same now. But what does scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen from grace. 
For through the Spirit we eagerly wait by faith, the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision or uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You're running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I'm confident that the Lord, will, you will take no other view. The one who has thrown you into confusion, whoever he may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I'm still preaching circumcision, why am I being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. How much less this temple I have built. Yet, Lord, my God, give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy. Hear the cry and prayer that your servant is praying for this pro- for your presence. May your eyes be open toward the temple day and night. In this place of which you said you would put your name there. May you hear the prayer your th- praise towards this place. Hear the supplications of your prayer and your people, Israel, when they pray towards your place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place. When you hear, forgive. And when wrongs their neighbor and is required to take an oath and they come and swear the oath before your altar in the temple, then hear from heaven and act. Judge between your servants condemning the guilty and bringing down on their heads what they have done and vindicating the innocent by treating them in accordance with their innocence. Okay, guys, I'm running out of time. Well, thank you for joining me and um, I hope that kind of sheds a little light on what is going on here and um, the grand scheme of things and I hope um, uh, you enjoyed this podcast and let the spirit uh, move as it may and uh, we'll do it again soon. Thank you. Good night.